Ugh, what fresh hell is this? Mommy! Where are my damn glasses? Alicia, it's your mother. When you get a chance, give me a call, please. Thank you. Has anybody seen my phone? Mom! Mom! Honey! Oh, I think something's burning in the kitchen. Where are my damn glasses? Mama! Alicia, I just hung up with producers. They loved your read. They said you owned the room. Great job, sweetheart. But they're going in another direction. Which direction? Away from you. Mom, never mind. Oh, great. Found my glasses. Hello, I'm Alicia Coppola. I'm an actress, an author of Gracefully Gone on Amazon, hard copy and Kindle, shameless plug. Wife, mother of three kids, chef, laundress, maid, vacuumer of copious amounts of dog hair. But who I really am is a bootstrap bitch. I have pulled myself up by my bootstraps more times than I can count. Like most of my guests that you'll hear from on this podcast, I haven't always had it easy. Everyone has a story. Some of my guests are famous. Some are just famous in their own homes. Some are getting through or have gotten through major life ordeals, and others are just trying to make it through Monday. All of their transformational journeys are inspiring, aspiring, and courageous. We who pull ourselves up by our bootstraps don't bitch. We do. Welcome to Bootstrap Bitch. You're in my closet. I love it. I love it. My favorite things, I'm seeing the shoes. I, I love the jacket there. <laughs> this is where I come. I have three children. I so love it. Okay. My, my closet is kind of like where I come, um, as my audience knows, and I, I have my Chardonnay and I cry. And I stroke my shoes or I look at my handbags. <laughs> I love it. I love the getaway. That is... That's the getaway. I love okay. I'm going to tell my guests. Okay. who you are. I mean, not that anybody needs to know because, and I've just been saying your name all week because I like it. Melina Moy, Melina Moy, Melina Moy. That's it. Melina, yes. I love it. It's like a meditation. Thank so, you. Melina Moy. Okay. A couple of highlights. Bad as I want to be. Which I have one know? question. So are we starting now or no? We're starting. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Okay. So Melina Moy, bad as I want to be two weeks at Billboard's number one album. Holy yeah. crap. Um, my favorite song, which was, I don't think on there, but enough that you wrote for the Samuel project, which I thought was so moving. And of course, we're going to get to that point about the I am enough campaign, which you spearheaded, which is how I got to know you. That's right. Um, which went to 14 million impressions. Yeah. You are the first woman ever on the Hendrix experience tour. Let me reverse that experience Hendrix tour. And now my husband's a little in love with you. Is not only is he a huge Jimi Hendrix fan, but you played the national anthem mm-hmm. for the Cowboys and the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And he's a huge Cowboy fan. And when I showed him you, he was like, oh my God, I remember her. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and you are, you were featured uh, at Rock and Roll Hall Tribute Concert to Chuck Berry. You played yeah. God Save the Queen to yeah. Queen of England. I mean, and the other thing I'm hugely impressed with is your Drive Hope Foundation. Yes. Which, so not only are you, and let me say this right, you are the first female woman of color, left-handed, upside-downy guitar player in the world. Probably some other ones, but I mean, from back in the day, 1800s, probably Elizabeth Cotton, but yeah, right now, yeah, that's what's crazy. 
Man, that is dope. Thank you. You are very impressive. So why I wanted you on here is because I read an article in Shondaland and here you are, this incredibly talented singer, songwriter, uh, you know, foundation founder, um, but you came to LA with 20 bucks in your pocket and you were homeless. Yep. Can you just walk me through that journey? <laughs> I love it. No, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, it's a great question. And you know, the thing is, it's, uh, but you're right, it is definitely a journey. And I think that, um, and I, I'll start with, by saying this, at the time, because I grew up in a family band. So before I left uh, to come to California, I lived with my family in Minnesota. So imagine a mother, father, three kids, all playing music. And we had ended up getting a few deals that went through. And I just remember saying to my mom, listen, I want to go and experience Melina Moy and figure out who Melina Moy is. That's important to me because when you're in a family band, most people know, like if when you're a family band, it's, it's, there's two things. One, the good thing is you're in a family band. Everybody's your family. The bad thing is you're in a family band. So even if you get in an argument, I mean, where are you going to go? To your room? You're still, fa- you know, it, 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 it doesn't matter. You're still family, good or bad. That's the one common uh, denominator. That is the constant. So um, I say that to say, so I told my mom, I'm going to go out to LA. And she said, well, Melina, if you go, you'll go with what you have. I said, okay, so be it, I'm just naive and everything. And she was just really pissed. Um, I did, I came out to California, I had $20. And I remember though, my mom, um, somehow it cut to, I came out the first time with 20 bucks and then I ended up coming back again. And my mom said, if something goes wrong, sleep in this car. So she was kind enough to, to park a car, left the car. And I remember I came back to LA and I would take my car and my little 20 bucks. And I just remember I got some gas and I just always, my mom, I remember what she said. She said, because park in places that you're not supposed to park. Um, and then she said, here's a knife in the Bible. And I could fit, I knew that I could fit in between the front and the back seat of the car. So I put clothes over my head and I would park in those places. And then I would just wash up in, in gas stations or the mall. And people would never, no one ever knew that I, was homeless. And I, I lived like that for a long time. And um, for me, I always say that was one of the, the one of the, the most in the, the, the time in my life where I learned the most about Melina Moy, because I learned I'm a, a woman of God and, and faith. I learned to lean on someone bigger than myself because there was no way that I would ever get out of the situation. I mean, of, of, of nothing. I mean, I remember looking on the ground for pennies to tape together to buy something to eat. And then I know what it's like to uh, ration uh, so much to eat for the breakfast and so much to eat for the dinner, you know, and then to have people. And then I think that then people started to catch on. I want to say that, 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 they, you know, even at the time, my agent, he, he really had no clue. And then finally he, I, something happened and he's like, you know, I can never call you. You, I have, you know, we're, how do we even reach you? You get all these different things that's going on, but it's, uh, he, he never knew, like nobody knew. And then finally when, you know, when I finally came out and told the truth, I, I, a friend of mine had a place and she was, she needed rent money. And so I knew that, you know, Hey, I, at the time I ended up getting three jobs 
and I end up saving those, those checks. So I realized that, hey, she said, if you give me, you know, some money to move in, then you could just take this one room. And I was like, oh my God. And I knew I had that money. So then I said, okay. And then I gave it to her. And then suddenly that changed everything. So I went from literally staying in the car and just, but, but the reason I say that for me, it was the best. Well, I learned the most about myself is because you start to realize how strong you are. And I didn't realize that I needed that entire beginning of having nothing so that as I start, start to move along my journey to become the woman I am today, I always look back at those moments because I realize, you know, you know yourself in this business, this is just the craziest business. There's going to be peaks and valleys. And what's important is to understand that and to know who you are. And that's a hard thing to get to. But once you do, you never go back. You know, you know what I mean? So when I, you know, so, so for instance, once, you know, we, I started, um, to make my, 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 my move and, um, I, I, I just saw, my mind's got so much going, going through it right now. Like just go, going back, like I'm just, just remembering, but it's, um, you know, when you, when you, when you have nothing and you start to meet people and you start to realize there's nothing that you can say to me or no amount of anything that you could do that is worse than where I came from. And it, it's like, I always say that things that happen to you are supposed to happen because you're going to learn. And I call that the seasoning of a person. It's the stank on you that you don't realize at that moment that you need. But eventually what happens is I like to think of it like the Wizard of Oz. You know how you get to go to the Great Oz, but then along the way you have the Tin Man, the Scarecrow. So those are people I feel that you meet along your journey. And sometimes those people will bring a story or message for you, or sometimes those people can be just a place for you to sleep that one night. You know what I mean? Um, or maybe that person connects you to someone else. But each of those people, I always felt like were little angels that were along the way that got me to the great odds, which I'm still hoping that we're still climbing to get to the, the big odds. But along the way, man, those people were so, uh, so, so important in my life. And um, yeah, so, so whenever I just come across, it's, it's crazy, any type of meetings, I mean, agents, any deals, anything, I just go, oh my God, these people have no idea of where I come from. So when they're sitting here talking to me, they have no clue that this is not going to break me. I know where I come from and I know what can absolutely break me, but this is not it. So you start to realize that it's a muscle. So the more things happen, I always say to people, you should accept it and try to embrace it because it's like a, a muscle. You put weights on and then you lift it and then you realize, okay, that hurt a little bit, then you get stronger and then you put more weights on, more weights on. And then suddenly before you know it, you are lifting. And when someone says something to you, now it's like, it doesn't even matter because you've learned to just build yourself a whole other tolerance that other people probably would never even understand. Especially when I feel like your mission or what you wanna do in your life is so big or so, um, something that people would just laugh at you and think that you're crazy, that there's no way these things are going to happen for you. And you sound delusional, but because of where you come from, I think that you can go, no, this is something that was given to me as a message. And I believe that this is what I'm putting here to do. So I'm going to keep on my journey. It may be hard. In fact, I may not even see anybody on this road, but I'm going to keep traveling. So for me, that's how I, I've always just done uh, my life, I guess. Um, but then, yeah, like I said, once, and, and again, from 
the, the, the girl who actually allowed me to move into her place to prior to that happening was another girl who she knew I was living in my car and she was so kind. I'll never forget her. She ended up um, saying to me, Hey, you know, she, she had this huge, I mean, cause I, <laughs> I, they were like very, 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 very wealthy. And I'm the person that I, at the time I worked at a store and she ended up getting a job there. And I remember one day she said to me, Hey, can you give me a ride to my house? And I was thinking, Oh man, like I have no money for gas. Like, how am I going to get this? Right. So then I was like, okay. And then she got in the car. Next thing I know we're driving. I'll never forget. And somebody just new to California going down sunset. And I remember going, lady, these houses are like the biggest things ever. I'm sure you don't live in, in my mind. I'm saying, there's no way you live here. And like, I have no gas. And then all of a sudden she goes, wait, this is my house here. And I was like, and then she's like, no. And then she gets out and she does the gate. And she pulls in and she's like, you know, Melina, I just, I wanted to tell you, I, I basically, I, I have a lot of money, but I just so enjoyed your stories. And I loved how you always talked about once you make it, we were going to do this. And when you had 10 bucks, you'd give me five. I always liked it. But the thing is, yeah, I'm really rich. <laughs> and I, yeah. So to this day, I'm always like, oh my God, because, um, yeah. And anyway, she, um, she would let, that was like, as crazy as it sounds, I would take a shower once a week at her place because I knew that that was the one day I could actually, you know, stay there and without her parents realizing what was going on. And then it was just like, they were like, Melina, you have nowhere to go. And, and we know that. So, you know, it was, it was crazy because then, they, you know, they were saying, you know, that, uh, <laughs> but bottom line is I learned a lot from them and ironically years later this girl well I can't say that either but <laughs> I learned a lot from them and I remember I saw her and I said I I just said man I don't know if you remember me and she's like of course I remember Melina oh my god look at all the stuff you're doing and I said man thank you so much you changed my life because of you you really you believed in me and in their house they had this nightclub and I said I would practice in your house and you never looked down on me you always encouraged me and I just want to say thank you. When I had nothing, you, you opened your door. And I will always, always remember that. And you changed my life. And because of that, I didn't have to go back to Minnesota. And she was, yeah. So, and, and she's like, ah. But it's just a certain people you never forget. And she was one of those people. Um, I think, but yeah. yeah, I think, um, wow, thank you for sharing that. And that right there is the whole reason why I wanted to talk to you. Yes, you're a magnificent actress. You're a magnificent singer. You, you're, you are, uh, you're a triple threat. You're like a hat trick all rolled into one. You know what I mean? Um, but that aside, your gifts aside, your talent aside, there was something about you when I started following you on Instagram and I was looking at your I Am Enough campaign yeah. and I was, there was something in you that I, I'm gonna cry, that I felt in myself. Amen. Like, I looked at you and I was like, she is just as gritty as I am. Amen. And when shit goes down, I remember um, my child was in the hospital and my husband and I were in the, um, the little chapel. And this gentleman, who I guess was the, the priest for the hospital, came in and he gave us this sheet of paper and it told the story of a donkey. And this donkey was on its master's property and it fell into a large hole. Yeah. The hole was so big and so deep 
that all the villagers came out and they had no idea how to get this donkey out. So rather than get him out, they had no crane, they had nothing. Yeah. They started to throw dirt on the donkey to bury it, to just bury it and put it out of its misery. But what happened is with every handful of dirt that they threw onto this donkey, the donkey got footing. Woo, you gonna make me cry. Yeah, the donkey oh my God. was able to get out of the hole. And throughout, right? Throughout my life, I have, I have been down many, many times, you know? And my, my new girlfriend, Jennifer Esposito, I'm sure you know her. Yeah, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing, right? She said there's many times that her mother looks at her when she feels like she's a boxer bloody on the mat. And her mom's like, why don't you stay down? And Jennifer's like, I don't stay down. Amen. You just keep Yeah, you get up and you keep up. Amen. You just got, and that's what I saw. That's and that's what resonated with me is that you are somebody you were told you would never fit into the rock and roll. Oh, so-called, you know? Yeah. Yeah. John Turtletaub, who's one of my favorite directors and executive producers that I've ever had in my entire career, once said to me when I called him about to congratulate him on the, on the, uh, success of the Meg, the movie about the big shark, which is my, yeah. like one of my favorite things he's ever done because I love sharks. Um, and everybody told him, he said, everybody told me it was going to be a flop. He goes, you know what my favorite emotion is? Spite. Woo! <laughs> I was like, Woo! spite is now my favorite emotion because if you tell me I can't do something, watch out. Because now I'm going to do it. Even if I didn't want to do it, I'm going to do it now. That's 100%. <laughs> I love it. No, I'm just, yeah. The yeah. thing is. You're the donkey. You're amen. the donkey. We're the donkey. Oh, amen. And you know what's so funny is, is um, with the I'm enough, I thank you for, for sharing that and, to say, and saying that because the reason that came about is everything that you just said, meaning as a Black woman, See, my thing is because I sing and I play guitar I, and, and I love rock. I love funk. I love soul. I grew up in Minnesota. So obviously that's going to be Prince. So when we have that, we're having all these different sounds. And I'm the person who doesn't look at music as this is just country. This is just rock. This is just this. I see seven notes. And the thing is, these seven notes don't realize they're only supposed to stay in these lanes. I always say, you know, music, we determine the story that we want to tell, um, what, what you say is, is how it comes out. What, what effects you want to use is what uh, determines how you wish to express it. The notes have no idea that they're supposed to just stay in a rock lane or a, a blues lane. Or a, so to me, I, I was always the person that gravitated towards what feels good to my spirit and, and just, just for me. And so I remember early on, I can't tell you how many labels would say, you know, Melina, you're a beautiful girl. You play electric guitar. That's a problem. You should maybe do acoustic. And because that's like, that's not going to work for us. And that is not um, R&B. So like, that's something else. We would never know how to do that. And, and Black people don't do that. So I was like, I don't understand. Because I am Black. And you no, are Black people do this stuff. And so then let me tell you what makes this even crazier. So here we are in 2021 and I'm seeing everyone call out all the different things in systemic racism. But what I'm also trying to do is make people like the Image Awards and Soul Train also realize that as African-Americans, we have done a major contribution to country and to rock genres and why there is no category for us to even submit our music to these particular um, places is 
crazy to me. I think it must be a small oversight because what you're doing is excluding the others. I am the other. There are, and I've often said, the only time that I will get the coverage from them happens to be with red carpet, with beauty or fashion. And I'm like, and I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, I'm saying, you have to understand that Rosetta Tharp, Sister Rosetta Tharp was a black woman who actually created rock and roll. And it took her to 2018 to finally get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I started to realize that, you know, as you go on, you don't, let me say this, you never realize that it be, it's a major problem until someone makes it a problem and tells you. So I want to say in 2018, 20, 28, 2017 is when I really, really realized, wait a minute, it doesn't matter how many notes I play. It doesn't matter how good I am. There's something else that's actually going on here. I got over the part about early on people saying, you know, put the guitar down. I proved myself. We kept going. People were like, okay. And then you go through different um John, well not John, you get go through different lanes of, of people finally accepting you like, well, Melina's the one person that we gonna let in. We like her. Then you come in, but then you're like, wait a minute, you guys, there's a problem here because you're only giving me a little and I'm seeing what you're giving to these other people. And that's not fair to me. And I put the right amount of time in like everyone else and I'm proving myself. And I don't understand why I'm not being treated the same way. And then it, it, it's, it tears me up thinking about it right now because this magazine came out and this magazine, you know, I, I, this magazine was naming all these uh, women who had made these major contributions. And I remember looking going, wait a minute, you put this black woman on the cover, which is very important, but y'all missed the whole mark here because you don't understand from these 50 people that you've named, two of these people are people of color and one of them's dead. Who, who let y'all put this whole thing together and you're getting other women in here, which is amazing, but this isn't fair because some of these people, they're not even proven of what you're talking about. And then I started to realize, I think it's because I'm black. <laughs> and as crazy as that sounds crazy, I thought, wait a minute, these people. And, and then that's when I just said, you know what? That, uh, that was so disturbing to me because as a foundation um, co-founder, one of the things that I felt was I said, man, I have all these great things happening and I don't understand. There was this 10 year old girl that we were doing something with and I had to, I said, how do I look her in the face and tell her that there is a real possibility that she can actually do everything she wants to do when I'm discovering today, I don't believe that myself. You don't believe that. So are you telling me just, uh, and, and forgive oh. my appearance, are you telling me that there is not one African-American woman in the Hall of Fame. No, no, what I was talking about is, is, oh no, the woman who actually created the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they, oh, they 100%, they pretty much swept this lady under the rug, right? The sister Rosetta Tharp. It was just, I ended up doing a, a, a piece on it. Yes, that, I watched a little bit of it, yes, yes. That is the woman that 100% um, is the inventor of rock and roll. And, and they have all the proof that this has happened in some kind of way, it just was swept under the rug. So finally, all those historians that I had brought in a few years ago, they asked me to come honor her. And that's when I started going, wait a minute, this lady's the woman who inspired Elvis and Chuck and Little Richard. And I was like, holy sh And then it just made me go, how, how is this possible? No one even talked about it. So that's what started me to go down this lane to see it. And then finally, in 2018, they inducted her, which was great because finally she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um, 
But the thing is, in the rock world, as you probably can see, even for women, if you were looking at the charts, there weren't that many women on the rock charts, even at rock radio. And then um, for this particular guitar magazine, they literally put the woman on the cover, which was awesome. But then they made their list based upon some merits that were not correct. And when I saw that, that's when, and that's what made me seriously start writing, I am enough. Because I said, you know what? I may not make this list for these people or anyone, but what they're, they're not understanding is this is not a fair game. This shit is rigged where we are not meant to get as far as, as what I'm doing right now. Because you, for some reason, people don't, um, it's something I probably I should have said at the beginning is after, uh, when I got off the street, a guy ended up hearing my story and he ended up investing um, a, over a half a million dollars into my label. And that's how I got, to, got it to go, right? So once you start to get the money, this makes the road a lot easier to make things happen. But what happens is you start to realize that the higher up you climb, you start to realize that you might be the first one actually doing certain things. So the first one's always bloody. You're going to open doors and you're going to be you know, kicked down, laughed at, I mean, made fun of, everything you can imagine is going to happen to you. And like I said, that's when I started going back to when I first came here with $20 and had nothing. And that's probably why I keep using that term, uh, the Wizard of Oz, because each time the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, you start to see people who help you to get to the Great Oz. It's been a heck of a journey. And then suddenly, yeah, pe people start to show up. But once I wrote that record, I just remember what my mom and dad always said to me, which is my dad always said, when you don't see yourself represented, show up. When you think you can't, show up and always know you matter and you count. So no matter what, I would always just say, I'm living and staying with that. And it's hard, but, but that's when I said, no matter what, I am somebody. At, please be tears to just say that. I'm somebody. You are somebody. And, <laughs> you are enough. And, and, and I matter and I count. And, and so when I wrote that song, I just was saying, man, I wanted to have something so that when I felt bad about myself, I could go back and listen. And I thought maybe other people might feel this way. And that's when I said, hey, let's put up a post, hashtag I am enough to celebrate who you are, not who you want to be, but who you are right now, because that's good. Who you are is, is great. Don't let anybody tell you that it's not. And that, that's what I did. And I was so shocked when I woke up the next day. And then all of a sudden I saw you I saw Yolanda Adams. I saw uh, Boys to Men. And I remember going, oh, my God. And you know what I see? I felt seen. That was it. I felt seen. And then suddenly I was like, holy shit. And then other people started sharing their story. And I just was like, and I remember my dad. I remember he said, because um, we ended up marketing the records and, you know, to go for the Grammys. I remember my dad said, I know how bad you wanted to get that nomination. And he said, but let me tell you something. He said, people won't remember who was nominated. He said, you know what people gonna remember? And I said, what? And he said, how you made them feel. That's right. He said, that I can guarantee you. He said, I've seen people, literally you've changed people's lives from that record. And I said, I, yeah. And I said, I, that's one of my favorite records. Um, yeah, that to write. And when you listen to the words, I was saying to people, I was always taught that when you grow up, you, you, all these things are possible. And then I realized this country is rooted in such systemic racism that some people don't even realize what they're doing. And then that's when I said, I don't know if I will actually be alive to see 
the changes that should happen. And then and even though you get your number one record, all these things happening, which is awesome, but you still realize this shit is not fair. I remember when, tw- when, when we got locked down with this pandemic and after George Floyd was murdered, I saw this unbelievable shift in even the people that I knew. And what was so disturbing in the beginning was there are certain people that you might've thought were definitely on your side, right? And then when everything just started to go up and, and, and the riots and just everything, and then I started to realize it's like the, the world showed you its true colors. And then the people who really wanted to see change actually started doing it. And I saw companies and, 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 and more friends and then people wanting to learn and ask and say, what can I do? And I thought, wow, this is unbelievable. Cause let me tell you, it feels like right now I have been in the dark and someone just turned the light on and the amount of, of, of people, the, 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 the wonderful people who I have met this year, even a person like yourself has just been unimaginable. Because in my mind, I thought, um, I, I, I have no idea. I mean, seriously, and like I said, to look that little girl in the face, and then I realized, how do you, I mean, I felt so broken. That, that was, I just felt broken. And then finally, I just, I just, the hardest thing is, like what you said, is to tell yourself, you know what? You gotta dress your crown and keep your head up or to fall off. And the bottom line, and that was the first time I think, and that's when I said, I came out here with $20, I had nothing. This is not gonna break me and I'm gonna just keep fighting it. But that one, I'll be honest, that was a rough one only because I realized this, there's nothing that I can do about it. There's no, no, no getting better vocally, better music. It's, it's not me, it's them. So if they don't make those changes, there's nothing I could do. And then I thought, but if this person who actually decided to put that magazine together heard my song, maybe he would hear and feel my perspective. Maybe it could change how he was thinking. And I did not mean it to happen, but lo and behold, this man ended up losing his job. But it wasn't because of what happened to how I saw what he did, but it was because they were saying, you shouldn't be redundant. You can't keep re-putting the same people in and on those magazines, or you're gonna be in the past. And because of that and how he's, and that's what made me go, I wasn't crazy. That was the one lyric in your song enough. We can all be the change we need. That is going to be fight for your sanity. It's like they, they, the the colloquial they make you feel like you're crazy. They make you feel like you're crazy that you think you know who you are. That you're crazy to think that you're talented, that you're gifted, that you're crazy to think that you are enough. Right. So when you look at that little girl in your Drive Hope Foundation, which yeah. helps these kids dream big, yeah. farther than the their circumstances. Amen. And you bring in people in your hope chats to talk to them, to say, look, this is possible. Yes. You are the living proof that it is possible. Let me tell you something. When I watched that video and I watched it over and over and over again, and I tear up at your at your guitar solo. In that solo, I just felt like it was a beautiful, Thank you. graceful, dignified fuck you. 
that's exactly what I felt. And I felt it's so good that you, people don't catch that. And it's so funny because, yeah, and I just felt like, exactly. That's exactly it. And then I felt like I got my power back. Oh. I, I, felt, I oh. felt bad for myself because I said, I can't believe I let you think that you took it for just even 10 minutes. But then I realized it's okay to be human. But I got it back. And that, that was the main thing. And then you just with that solo, you were saying, you're right. That's when I was like, man, take this. And if you say anything, get up, fuck you. Fuck you. That's it. Yeah. And that's what you did. And that's. Thank you. So, so when that little girl looks into your big, beautiful face, you just know <laughs> it's right here. Take my picture. This Thank is you. what you will look like because you've done, you have done that. When I was reading your bio, the end sentence, which I need for you to change because it bothered me. Okay. <laughs> all of this is leading up to Melina's budding empire. There's no budding, girlfriend. Mm -hmm. This is a whole garden. The flowers are out of the ground. Amen. And everybody can come and cut a few and put them into a vase because oh. Lena Moy is not budding. You have, you are a full Amen. grown bouquet. Thank oh, thank you so much. I don't think anybody's ever said that to me. Thank well, you. People should say that to you more often because you are and you are a huge inspiration. When I saw that, um, and I even showed my daughters, you know, I, I, have, I have an older son and two little ones. And my little one, my littlest is a beast on the soccer field, you know, and she looks up at the older- I saw the pictures. Yeah. She looks up at the older girls and she's like, you know what? I want to be that. And my middle daughter, she's a great gamer. She's like, I want, you know, there are not enough girls in the game. I want to go do that. Or I want to be this. And I think when we have us, us, us bootstrap bitches, male or yeah. female, right? Yeah. Who can show that when, when you've got 20 bucks in your pocket and you're living out of your car, <laughs> it does not mean, look at Tiffany Haddish. Right. It does not mean it's all over. That's just when That's, it's done. Amen. And the best is yet to come. And that, yeah, a hundred percent. And like I said, and that's why I'm always saying embrace all the things because the, that is the stank on you. That is the seasoning on the meat. And it's, and I always say everybody's story is like your handprint. It's only for you. It's never the same. That's what makes it so incredible. In that image, I thought maybe that's why we high five. Stories. Maybe that's why when we're in church, we hold hands when we pray. Maybe that's why at dinner, we hold hands when we pray before dinner because our stories are connecting with other stories. That's why I wanted to do this podcast, to learn from other people like yourselves who have gone through such terrible ordeals or are still going through them, yeah. but who managed to find grace yeah. and to come out the other side. Amen. That's the whole point. That's you. And I'm so grateful that you've given me your Saturday afternoon. I love you. Thank I you. I love you. I love and to the thing is, we see each other. And you know what is? We see a piece of each other and in each other. That's right. And I'm going to end on this note. I'm going to say this. When I watch you play your guitar, it feels like every emotion I've ever locked away comes out. That's powerful. Because you're incredible. So thank you. So thank you. Because your music is going to become my soundtrack of just letting it letting it sit and letting it come out. Amen. And not judging how it comes out. Amen. That's it. And never forget how amazing and fabulous and wonderful you are. And God bless you. And thank you so much for having me on. What a 
know, you know, I was going to say one last thing. And my dad always used to say to me, Melina, you want the good news or the bad news? <laughs> so I would say, well, I guess give me the, the, the bad news. And he said, well, Melina, the bad news is I don't care how much you play. I don't care how much you practice. You ain't never going to be Prince. You ain't never going to be Michael Jackson, Eric Clapton, none of those people. And I said, how's your good news? And he said, the good news is they're never going to be you. So you go out there and you kill them. And I say that same thing to you. You're the only one that can do what you're doing. Your story is unbelievable. And it's only the beginning. And I can't wait to continue to watch everything you're doing. Oh, my God. I am so, I'm, I'm having a love affair. I'm having a love affair. <laughs> I'm serious. Right. Um, thank you so much. 